Hello and welcome to the BVC Podcast. Here at Brownsburg Vineyard Church, we want you to know that we are a group of ordinary people that serve an extraordinary God. Our mission is to honor God and advance His kingdom by building disciples who will give their lives to changing the world. Whether you are local or joining us from a distance, we want to thank you for being a part of our family. To learn more about us, you can visit thebvchurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's message. because um, my father and I had an interesting relationship. Because when I was 18 and I went to college, college was maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from where my parents lived. And partway through my freshman year, my, deci- my parents decide to leave where they were living, somewhere near Toronto, Canada. And they moved all the way out to Montana to join what they would later find out was a cult. And so uh, over the next 30 years or so, they moved around every six or eight months, and we never actually lived near one another. So I can literally count on one hand the number of times since I was 18 that I spent a night in my parents' home. And so because of that type of relationship, it wasn't as if my father and I did things together. We didn't hunt or fish or work on cars or, or do things together. But what we did do together is we had these epically long phone calls where we talked about God. That was my dad's hobby, was God. That's all that mattered to him. So we would just have these long, long phone calls. And, and for a good portion of, of our, our relationship, um, those phone calls were during the season in life where you actually paid for long-distance phone calls. Anybody remember that? Paying for long-distance phone calls. And when you're in the States and you're calling somebody in Canada, those calls cost me something. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we had these, you know, long phone calls. And so now, even though it's coming up on two years when my father passed away, I will find there will be these times where just spontaneous, spontaneously and intuitively, almost like an amputee who has, like, phantom pain, I'll almost like saying to myself, oh, I need to call my dad. i got to tell my dad about this. And, like, that whole thought goes through my mind before it kind of runs into this brick wall. It's like, oh, you can't. You know, he's not there. And for anyone who's lost a, a loved one, you, you know, kind of those waves of grief that, that kind of continue on with that. And as difficult as that is, just living with that sense, I, I, I can't call him. As difficult as that is, I can't imagine how difficult it would be if I didn't have a father in heaven that was always available to talk to me. If I didn't have a father in heaven who was always there who was always listening, who was always speaking. You know, we could put together a pretty long list in this room of our differences. Differences between age, race, gender, the countries that we were born in. Some of us born in better countries than others. A lot of differences. You know, political parties. Some of you Republicans might be surprised to know that there are Democrats in the room. There's a lot of differences in this room. But one of the things that we all have in common in this room, 
is this very innate, intuitive, internal desire to connect with God, to communicate with God. It's just this longing within us. There's this intuitive desire to connect and to communicate with God. And some of us in this place are more aware of it than others. Some of us live in, in a very close relationship with that. We, we understand that we want to talk with God, and that desire propels us to have regular communication with God, and we hear from God regularly. Others of us, we, we know it's there, but it's kind of hit and miss when we hear from God. And others of us, we sense that it's there, but we just don't know what to do with it. But we all have that in common. In fact, I don't think it's just those of us in this room that have that internal innate desire to communicate with God. I think even those people outside of the walls of this church, outside of the walls of the big church, people who don't engage with church, I think even those people who are anti-church, people who have that animosity towards the church, people who think people inside the church are foolish for believing their God, even those people, I believe, have this intuitive innate desire to connect with something beyond them, they're just looking for that connection in all the wrong places, and they're living in denial of what is true within them. There are a lot of different unique qualities about the Christian faith, and one of them is that we serve a God who wants to communicate with us even more than we want to communicate with Him. That desire that you have to communicate with God was breathed into you by God who desired to communicate with you. Our very desire to communicate with God came from God's heart to communicate with us. That's who God is. We don't serve a God who positions Himself on some mystical mountain. We don't serve a God who hides Himself behind the fog of the clouds. We serve a God who is always pushing and pressing through the atmosphere to show Himself to us. We are serving a God who so desperately wanted to talk to us and to communicate to us that He sent His Son. There are so many ways that you could sum up the ministry of Jesus Christ and the message of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways you could sum up the message of Jesus Christ, what did Jesus Christ come to tell us? Quite simply, it's this. My dad wants to talk to you. That was the ministry of Jesus Christ. My dad wants to talk to you. He went to the Samaritans and he said, Oh yeah, you guys, who you never thought God wanted to talk to you, God doesn't want to talk to you. My father does want to talk to you. That was the ministry of Jesus Christ. In fact, I think you can say that the sole purpose for the creation of the universe and all mankind was just simply satisfy God's desire to communicate. This spinning planet that we're on and everything in it and your life and my life was all created so that God could be in communication with us. So today we're kicking off a, a new series. I'm super excited about this series entitled Listen Up. Uh, love the artwork for this series and uh, kudos to Jamie Schmedeke. He and I tag team on on our graphics work, and he's not here this morning, but he does such a good job putting all this stuff together. And so we're kicking off this series uh, entitled Listen Up, and the purpose of this series is to learn how to hear God's voice more clearly 
so that we can live more confidently. And being able to hear God's voice consistently and clearly will actually impact your life more than anything else. It's a very critical uh, series, critical component in, in, in your Christian faith, in your life, that nothing else is going to impact your life, nothing else can impact your life as much as you hearing God's voice clearly and consistently. Every emotion that you have, every need that you have, every desire that you have, every emotion that you experience can be best satisfied by God's voice more than anything else. There is no need or desire or emotion you have that can be fulfilled or satisfied anywhere else or by anyone else better than what the voice of God can satisfy that thing inside of you. If you are struggling with fear, you might think you need to find a place where you can escape the fear. But what you really need is you need the voice of God to say to you, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. You don't need to move out of the shadow of the giant, because I am with you there. The voice of the Lord caused fear to be gone in our life. You may be feeling as if you are being crushed by the weight of shame and guilt. And you might think, well, maybe if I live good enough, if I put enough time and distance between the bad things that I did and the new person that I am, maybe then I can escape shame and guilt. But what you really need is you really need to hear the voice of the Father to say there is a therefore. Now, no condemnation for you who are now in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to hear. And when you're confused and you don't know which way to go, you don't need advice. What you need is you need to hear the Lord say, listen, my word is going to be a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path, and I'm going to guide you. Put your hand in mine, and I'll lead you one step by another. And if you're grieving the loss of a loved one, if you're grieving a loss, what you need more than anything else is to hear the Lord come and say, I'm here to heal the brokenhearted, to hear the Father say that He cares about you. If you're struggling with loneliness and the sense of abandonment, what you need more than anything else is not a friend, not a companion, not a date off of Tinder. What you need is the Father saying, look at me. I've carved you in the palm of my hand. Neither height nor depth can ever separate us. And I'm with you. And finally, if you are facing the criticism and the judgment of other people, what you don't need is to prove yourself right. You need to hear the Father say that I will make your righteousness shine like the morning sun and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. And when we hear those things, our life is changed. And when we hear those things, we don't need all of the other peripheral things in life. I say to you today that the entire Christian faith rises.
rises and falls on this single truth that we were designed to hear the voice of the Father. And to the extent that we are able to hear the voice of the Father, we are able to live the Christian life. We are able to live confidently and we are able to live freely. There were so many things that Jesus said that had incredible depth to them, but simplicity at the same time. The verse that I'm going to read for you today is one of those that seems simple on its face, but as you think about it and you dig into it, you realize that the complexity and the significance of it. In John 10.27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Not only do we see in that verse this whole idea of God communicating with us, but you also see in that verse this idea of familiarity. That not only does God speak and are we able to hear, but there's meant to be a familiarity with it. As I said, it's been two years since my father passed away. But if I were to close my eyes right now, and my father was to walk into those doors and he was to call my name, I would know in an instant it was my father. We know the voices that matter to us. God wants us to be so familiar with with his voice. That when we're in the grocery store rushing to do groceries, and he says, hey, pray for that person, we hear him. When we're in the midst of a conflict and our pride is being infringed upon, and our ego is being wounded, in the midst of all of that emotion, and God says, hey, humble yourself, and I will lift you up. He wants us to be able to recognize the familiarity of his voice supposed to be a familiar thing to us. Earlier in John 10, Jesus said, listen, I call my sheep by name. So as we approach this idea of hearing from the voice of God, I want you to know that God wants His voice to be very familiar in your life. Where you would recognize it. Even in a crowded room, you would recognize His voice over everybody else's voice. See, hearing the voice of God is more than just a matter of communication. It's a matter of relationship and it's a matter of connection. Now, one of the unique things about our church is actually, I think, one of the the, uh, positive attributes about our church is that we come from uh, a lot of different church backgrounds. So we're a vineyard church, and some of you have a history in the vineyard church. Actually, the majority of us didn't grow up in a, a vineyard church. Um, And so sometimes when we come to topics like this, we're largely influenced by how we grew up, how we define things and how we see things. So uh, just as we start this series, I kind of just want to go over um, kind of three different approaches um, to hearing God's voice. Three different approaches that churches kind of take to hearing God's voice, and these may be familiar to you. And the first one is a liturgical approach. I grew up in a Catholic church, was a liturgical church. Catholic, Episcopalians, Lutherans, these types of churches are liturgical in that the way they hear God's voice is through the repetition of the liturgy. 
You go in every Sunday and you say the same prayers, you do the same things, you hear the same things, and there's actually something quite familiar and something uh, comforting in living in a world that is full of change and full of transformation and nothing is staying the same and coming into a place and sitting in the very same pew that you sit in every week, sitting down, going through the same thing and saying the same liturgy, and in that you find God. There's nothing wrong with that. If there's more to the picture than that, but that's one approach to hearing God's voice. How many of you here grew up in a liturgical church where you went through kind of repetition? Yeah. Second, the second approach is what I would call an instructional approach. And an instructional approach is where somebody stands up here, a pastor, usually they are dressed more formally than I. Usually they're wearing a tie and a suit jacket. They have their hair combed a certain way. And they stand behind the pulpit and they tell you how to live. They tell you the rules that you're supposed to follow. They tell you the things that you're supposed to do. And they tell you if you do these certain things and follow these certain rules, then you will be good with God. How many of you grew up in kind of a rules-based church? Yeah, we, yeah that's the Midwest. Lots of good hands there. Here is the third approach, which is kind of more you know, harmonious with who we are. You have the liturgical, you have the instructional, and then you have the personal. And in churches like ours that kind of promote a personal way of hearing from the voice of God, what we do is we encourage relationship. What we try to do is we're like a matchmaker. We're saying, hey, I want you to meet God. It's evident in, in our mission statement. We create opportunities for people to encounter God. We bring people into relationship with God so that in a very personal way and in a very relational way, they hear the voice of God. So, Brownsburg Vineyard Church, the Vineyard Church as a whole, and what we're going to learn in this series is that our focus is really going to be on learning to personally hear God's voice for your life. In fact, that is so important to us. Hearing God's uh, uh, voice in your life is so important to us that when there are issues in your life, whether it's fear, anxiety, uh, hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, whether it's sin, we actually don't focus on those things. We focus on, we want to bring you to a place where you can hear the voice of God. Because when the word of the Lord goes forth, it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. And if we can get you to hear the voice of God, then you will be healed. If you're hearing the voice of God on a regular basis, then you will walk more closely with Him. It's not that all of those things don't matter to us, but what matters the most, the most effective way to bring wholeness and healing, obedience and sanctification in our life, is hearing the voice of God. So that's where we put in work, is helping people, people hear the Word of God. So this series and this message, kind of the, the main point of it is, that having a personal relationship with God means that you hear from Him personally. Very simple idea. If you have a personal relationship with God, you're going to hear from Him personally and consistently. So today I'm just going to take a few moments to share a few overarching thoughts about hearing the voice of God. This is kind of foundational stuff as we get into this series about hearing the voice of God. First point that I want to share with you is that we were created to commune. We were created to commune. 
So a little bit of a theoretical thought. There are, there's this whole movement out there of kind of scientists, Christian scientists, who, who are really into this idea of intelligent design. And so what they do is they make an argument of God from a very academic point of view. By They, they kind of disassemble all of creation and, and everything out there, scientific, and they just show, like, look at the incredible intelligence and intentionality in which the world was created. And when you really tear all of creation apart and you look at the complexity of it, anyone who is being intellectually honest would say, there is intentionality behind that. Somebody had to be behind that. And so, if you start from the premise that you have this intelligent creator, right, then what that leads you to believe is this, that functionality indicates intentionality. And here's what I mean by that. Functionality indicates intentionality. If something works well, if something works and correlates and connects with so many other things, if a thousand things are working in harmony together and they function well, it indicates that it was intended to work that way. In other words, the way that your body works, the way that your body functions in harmony with one another indicates that there was an intention, that somebody intentionally put your body together that way. The ways that bees pollinate plants, you look at that and go, there's an intention there. It works. There's an intention there. It's not just random how, how the world rotates on its axis. There's an intentionality there. And that if you were to adjust that just a very little bit, everything would be thrown off whack. So functionality indicates intentionality. If it works, it means that it was meant to work that way, that somebody put it together for a purpose. So that raises the question, quite simply, why did God give us ears? Why did God give us the ability to hear? We can hear. And if we can hear, then there was a reason why God created us with the ability to hear. Over 54 times in the Bible, you find this phrase in some shape or form or another, He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus actually answered the question why we have ears in the verse that we read earlier. When he said this, my sheep listen to my voice. There's the functionality, right? They hear me. Now let's look at, at the intention. Why? I know them and they follow me. God gave us ears. God created us with the ability to hear him so that he would have the ability to influence us. That is such an important statement right there. And that puts into context so much of the Christian life. God gave us the ability to hear him so that he could influence us. God had all of the power and all the authority, all the latitude in the world to not create us with ears. Instead of creating us robotically, He created us responsibly. Instead of creating us where He had like a Nintendo game system control panel and He just moved us around moving buttons, He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a set of ears that are responsive. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak. What I'm going to do is I'm going to whisper. 
is you're going to respond. And this is such a beautiful picture. It's such a beautiful picture of a God who, if he wanted to, could have created a bunch of minions that had no choice but to do what he did, that were just pre-programmed. But instead, he said, I'm going to give you ears, ears that are sensitive, ears that hear, ears that are responsive, and I'm going to send out sound waves, and your ears are going to hear those things, and then your heart is going to be moved by those things. And so God's, uh, God's communication is really an invitation to respond. I want to communicate to you so that you will respond to me. As we begin this series, in a very real and a very personal way, I want you to know that God loves you. God not only knows you by name, but He's calling you by name. And God wants to speak to you more clearly than ever before so that you will follow Him and respond to Him more closely than ever before. Here's what we're going to do. Let's just sit here for a second. Go ahead and close your eyes with me for no other reason than it'll minimize your distractions. If you're comfortable opening your hands up, that kind of seems to be your theme of the day. Deceptions and distractions. Literally reach into our ears and pull out everything that is preventing us from hearing you clearly. We just acknowledge you, God, as a God who still speaks. And I just declare this over this congregation this morning that he who has ears, let him hear. And in the same way that Jesus healed deaf people and commanded ears to hear, I say that spiritually. Be healed. Ears be opened in a very supernatural way that each person in this room will hear God more clearly than ever before. I just declare over this series, and maybe in a way I've never had before, that this series is going to be one of the most instrumental series ever preached in this church. That there will be loads of people who will look back and say it was that series where my ears were unplugged. It was that series in which I began to hear from God. So do that in that place. And God, if there is something that we are needing to surrender, if there is an attitude or unforgiveness or even a sin that we have embraced that is causing our hearing to be muffled from your voice, I pray right now for a holy courage to lay sin down, to lay pride down, to lay bitterness down so that our ears can hear and surrender 
what may be standing in our way of hearing a few words. The voice of God is, is never intimidating. It's always inviting. There's an amazing verse in Jeremiah 29. It's a really popular verse, but, but I kind of want to reframe this Jeremiah 29 verse in the context of here. We often refer to this verse in, in terms of plans, the plans that God has for us. But I want you to hear how, how the, the original, um, in, in the bigger picture, how, how this verse is really written into the context of listening and hearing. So God sends his prophet Jeremiah to speak to the people. The people were in slavery, and he, he, he says to Jeremiah, go to my people and tell them this. And listen, you're going to hang out. You're going to hang out where you're at for 70 years. Because it's going to take that long for your hard ears to soften again. But in 70 years, I'm going to come to you and we're going to have a conversation. That's, that's really the background. This is all that's happening. Many of you know Jeremiah 29. But the background of it is God saying, I'm going to come to you in 70 years and we're going to have a conversation. This is what he says. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to say this. So he's kind of telling them 70 years ahead of time what he's going to tell them. But the big difference is in 70 years they're going to hear it in a different way. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And then parenthetically in there, God said, but once you hear that, in 70 years when I come and tell you that, here's what's going to happen. Something's going to happen then that's not going to happen now because you're not hearing me now. In 70 years when your ears are soft and you hear me, then you will call on me and come and pray and I will listen to you. And it's such a beautiful picture of this communication. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to talk. You're going to hear me and you're going to talk back. And we're going to have a communication and a discussion that we've needed to have for a while. And that's the invitation of God. And as we begin this series, I want you to know that God is seeking you out. God is speaking to you. God is influencing you and He's inviting you into a relationship of responding to Him. We were created to commune. Second foundational truth that I want to put in place as we begin this series is just how God communicates. How God communicates. So, um, I, at the best of times, I am not great at wrapping Christmas and birthday presents. Praise God to the person who invented gift bags and that crinkly paper. That saved a lot of us guys. Throw it in a bag, put some crinkly paper in it, and we're done. But I think we've all probably been in a situation where we have a Christmas present that we need to wrap. Like this. And it's like, how in the world am I going to wrap this thing with Christmas paper and make it look like a gift? Right? You ever been in that situation where you just have this awkward thing that wrapping paper just doesn't really do it justice? That is a good analogy for how the things of God, the ways of God, the ability of God, can't be wrapped in our human language. Sometimes we try to describe God and explain God, but it's like a husband trying to wrap a present like this for his wife. Our language doesn't wrap up or sum up the things of God very effectively. It's a limitation. 
And so when we talk about hearing the voice of God, when we talk about God speaking, when we talk about revelation, God showed me this, God showed me that, God spoke to me, God did this, God did that. When we talk about all of this, just understand that we are limited in trying to describe this supernatural communication that happens with very natural language, right? And and so our language will always, in some ways, fall short of really describing what it means to hear from God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you kind of four ways. These are, aren't, aren't meant to be conclusive. You know, there's more ways. But these are four general areas in which are ways in which God kind of speaks to us and probably speaks to you. And the first one is what I call internal revelations. So this is when God communicates to us and we sense or hear inside of us internally that God has spoken. The word revelation can be defined as a supernatural act of God communicating divine truth to humans. So something supernatural happens, and we hear, sense, tough to put wrapping paper around it, somehow we know that God has communicated with us, right? I think we've all experienced that, right? And these things include hearing God speak. Sometimes, that can seem almost audible. Have you ever had that happen where you're just going through your day and it's almost, God speaks so clearly, it's almost as if it's an audible voice. But it's the ears of our heart. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes God speaks to us so clearly, it's almost like a voice. And so these internal revelations, there's hearing. We can hear the voice of God. It's not always audible, but it's definitely clear. Another way that God speaks to us internally is through pictures or visions or dreams. So whereas the first one was hearing God internally, this is seeing God. So this is where we have a dream or we have a vision, we see a picture, but we know it wasn't a picture that, that we made up. We know that it's something from God. We just see it and all of a sudden, wow, where did that come from? For me personally, in the way that when I pray for people and lay hands on people, I'll often wait. And remember, for those of you who grew up in the 70s and 80s, the little viewfinders, you know, you put the little disc in. Now, now kids have, you know, iPads and, you know, they look at pictures on there. But back in the 70s, we had the little viewfinder and you had about 24 pictures to look at, right? And you would click, click, click pictures. So when I'm praying for somebody, it's almost like I'm standing there and I'm looking through a viewfinder. And I see a picture, and I'm going, no, I don't think that's it. And I go, click. That's interesting. I don't think God's in that one. And I just keep clicking, and all of a sudden, a picture comes up, and I go, oh, something inside of me says, I think that's an image or a vision that God wants to speak out of. And sometimes that's just for me. That that picture or image is just a launching pad. That, that, That just gave me the launching pad to start speaking prophetically or encouraging the person. And sometimes the picture itself speaks to people. And so, we can hear God, we can see God, and sometimes there are impressions, intuitions, and just knowings. Have you ever just had kind of an intuition or a gut feeling, or just something where you just in a, you just knew something you didn't know, and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that, and you knew that, you know that that did come from you, right? Have you ever just known something? Like, out of nowhere, you just go... Oh, wow. That was just God who told me that. We see all of these things in the Bible. We see God speaking to Moses. 
We see Peter's vision, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, about a sheet coming down from heaven three times. That was a vision. We see Jesus talking to the woman at the well, where he had a word of knowledge that she had been married five times. We see all of these things in the Bible. These things happen actually more often than what we realize. But 20 of us here from Brownsburg Vineyard Church and some friends and, and a therapy dog um, all went over to, um, to Champaign-Urbana for a conference over this past week. And uh, one of the speakers said this, which I thought was fantastic. He said, 80% of hearing God's voice is just paying attention. So God is always speaking. We just need to, be, really need to learn to pay attention. And that's the purpose of this series. So I'm going to ask for Gwen and Mike to come on stage. They each have a very quick testimony. Of, of hearing from God. I kind of said quickly, guys, so I quickly here. You, you didn't hear me say quickly. All right. So, uh, so go ahead, Gwen, and share, share your story. So two weeks ago, Dennis just got home from Africa, and there was a pile of clothes that were sitting there, and I thought, I'm just going to throw them in the washing machine. Well, I picked them up. I'm putting them in the washing machine. And I hear this voice say, check his pocket for Kleenexes. And I'm like, he never has Kleenexes in his pockets. The wash was done. I opened up the washing machine. Wow. I must say the Kleenexes from Africa are not like the Kleenexes here. I have left Kleenexes in pockets before, and it's like a little bit of Kleenex. It looked like it snowed. I went in, I pulled it out, and it was just covered. The floor, they were covered in Kleenexes. It, like They break up into these little pieces. And I took a picture, and I sent it to him. I looked, I was like, it's snowed. <laughs> so I know what God was speaking to me because it was like, it is going to be a mess. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, so uh, last week during service, I just um, had this fe- electric feeling built up. Um, and it just kept building up throughout the service. And I just had this feeling that I had to pray for somebody that needed healing. And so, uh, I, when the worship team came up, I, I came up, and uh, just before that, I prayed to God, asked Him, am I hearing you correctly? <laughs> Please let me know. And, and it was about that time Dennis was talking about the, you've got the power song, <laughs> and he just mentioned my name. As one of those, uh, one of the names, and so I knew 100% that I just had to be up here last week. Yeah, what was funny about that is I was like saying, calling people out, and I said, hey, Mike, all of this is new to you, but God says don't be afraid. And so Mike heard that as confirmation. The inside joke is that I was pointing to a different Mike. (laughs) But God can take things and he can communicate them. So, all right, give these guys a big hand. So... We, we tend to be quick to dismiss those little things, right? How many times do we dismiss those things and say, oh, no, that wasn't God. Dennis doesn't have Kleenex in his pocket, and we dismiss that. Eighty percent of hearing from God is paying attention. And so as we begin this series, I want to encourage you to pay attention. second way in which God speaks to us is through external actions. Sometimes God doesn't use his voice. He uses his muscles. Sometimes God just says, here, hold my beer, I'm going to show you something. He just does that, right? And we see that throughout the Bible, that he communicates through what 
He does. God sometimes communicates what He wants us to know by showing us what He can do. And when we see what we can do, we know what His heart is. These include signs and wonders, angelic appearances, nature tells us of the glory of God, healings, circumstances when multiple circumstances line up, when doors open that can only be credited to God. Have you, have you ever had things kind of happen in your life where a series of events happen or some major thing happens and you stand back and you go, only God could have done that, right? That's God speaking to us. A lot of times, you know, that's affirmation. A real funny story. I'll tell this quickly. We were at the church that I pastored in D.C. and we were going to a, a retreat, a leadership retreat, and we were dropping some friends off, or dropping our kids off at some friends, and I was trying to get out of town before the D.C. traffic got real bad on a Friday, and so we were coming up and I needed to make a right-hand turn, um, and the right-hand turn lane did not exist yet, but prophetically, I, was, I had faith that the right-hand turn lane was going to start before it actually did. So essentially, I was driving on the shoulder of the road to get to the right-hand turning lane, and there while I'm driving prematurely on the right-hand turning lane, there's a crater-sized pothole, and I blow out my front tire. And I go, oh, God. And so I quickly changed my tire, put the donut on, and we had to go back home, and we had this old Toyota van that somebody gave us, and we switch over to the Toyota van. We get back on the road an hour later than what I was hoping. And about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes into our drive to where the retreat, winter, uh, retreat center was, we look over on the side of the road, and there's a broke-down car and a tow truck and five people standing on the side of the road were all people from our church, and their car had broken down. And the tow truck driver could only take one person in the truck with him, which would meant there would be four people stranded on the side of the highway. And we come along in our van with seven empty seats, and we say, jump in, and away we go. And so there is God just working out circumstances, and we go, wow. God, you spoke. God, you provided. So the Bible is full of acts of God, providing manna in the desert, or a burning bush, multiplying fishes and loaves, healing people, opening up opportunities. And when God does that, it's His way of speaking. It's His way of saying, listen, I've got you. It's His way of saying, I, I know what's going on in your life. I care for you. I'm with you to see those things and hear those things. Sometimes those things can be dramatic and sometimes they can be subtle. And sometimes we can miss them and minimize those things because we live in a world that so, is so quick to dismiss the sovereignty of God, the miraculous works of God. We live in, in such a, a world that's dominated by scientific reasoning that they look at the very miraculous works of God and they act as if it's nothing. And we live in that world, so we as followers of Christ have to be very careful not to be poisoned by the doubt and the denial of this world. And we have to make sure that we recognize and give God glory and honor for the things that He does. And as we do that, we'll hear Him and see Him more. Psalm 77 says, You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the people. I would bet this, that if God were to right now on this big screen do kind of a, of a historical biography of everything that He has done in your life, the miraculous ways and the wonders that He has done in your life, 
but some of the things that you would see on the screen you would be seeing for the very first time and you'd be recognizing as, as God for the very first time. Oh, that was you, God. And probably some of those things you were like, how did I not know that? It seems so obvious now. So God is always speaking. God is always moving. Here's the third of the four. God speaks through relational connections. We just finished a series on the church and the role that the church plays in our lives and the purpose of the church. And one of the ways that God um, speaks to us is He speaks to us through fellow believers and He speaks to us in the church. And the various ways that can happen is when somebody's behind this pulpit speaking, God will often speak to us through the words that are coming here. This is this is a divine thing that is happening. Uh, one of the, uh, the favorite things that I love is when I speak and somebody comes up to me and says, Man! It's like you were preaching right to me. You knew exactly what was going on. And sometimes I'm thinking, like, I had no clue. I didn't even think I was hitting the mark here in this message. But I've seen over and over again how God can take the, the humble and sometimes disorganized thoughts and words that I speak, and He just has a way of rewrapping them and delivering them to people. So that happens there. It happens in worship. When the worship team is singing, God will sometimes speak to us through that. During our prayer ministry at the front, when we're laying hands on people, often God speaks to us through those things, through the testimonies that we have this morning, through encouraging one another, the way we say things to one another. The First Corinthians talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and using those things. So God uses the church and people in the church. There's a verse that's often used in relation to evangelism. But I want to use it this morning in relationship to hearing from God. It's Romans 10, 14. Speaking of unbelievers, it says this, And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And what Paul is saying is this. Do you realize that you are the voice of God in the lives of people who have never heard God speak before? He was calling people to live their lives as if they were the voice of God. To live their life realizing that there are people who need to hear from God, but they're not going to hear from God unless you and I speak. And so God uses the relationships to do that. We want to create that culture here where we are encouraging and speaking the Word of God into one another's lives. I talked a couple weeks ago how we really keep at bay judgment and criticism because that just shuts down being able to hear the voice of God. And so we are a place of affirmation and encouragement because we want people to hear the words of life. We want people to say in this place what Peter said of Jesus, to whom else can we go? You have the words of life. We want people saying to where else can we go? This is the place that has the words of life. And so I'm challenging you and encouraging you and giving you permission to step into that both within the walls of this place to speak the words of life to one another, but even beyond these walls, to speak the words of life. Here's the last way in which God speaks, and that's through biblical instruction. I listed biblical instruction last, not because it's least important, but because it's most foundational. It is the one that all of the other ways that God speaks is built upon. All other methods and means of hearing from God, the ones I've listed and any other ones, need to be both consistent and complementary to the Word of God. If you are hearing something that is inconsistent with this, you are not hearing from God. If you are hearing something that's not complementary to this, it's not in harmony with this, you are not hearing from God. And that's just the truth. 
not only does the Bible act as kind of a plumb line or a barometer that determines the veracity of other things that we hear, it is in and of itself one of the ways that God speaks. So when we sit down and when we read these words, we are not simply reading words on a page. We are reading the voice of God. And that's exactly what Hebrews 4 tells us, for the Word of God, 4.12, for the Word of God is alive and active. What he's saying is this right here is a person. This right here is a relationship. This right here is an ink and paper. This right here is the heartbeat of God, the words of God speaking to you. So when you approach this, expect to have a conversation from here. You're not reading the TV guide when you open up this book. Those of you who remember what the TV guide even is. When you come to this book, you're having a conversation with the living God, and you have to expect for Him to speak to you. I always say, I, I think we should be less focused on how much we read and more focused on how deeply we read and how much we're willing to set in a place and in a moment and hear the Word of God. I think the more that we know the Word of God, the more time that we spend in here, the more fluid that we will be in all other forms of hearing from God. If you make yourself familiar with this, you will hear and see God and communicate with God in all of the other ways that I listen. When you go to pray for people and you wonder, what can I say to people? Knowing this and reading this will allow you to speak the Word of God into other people's lives more than everything else. Now, as you look at all these different four ways that I shared, you may favor one of the four ways. You may move more, most naturally in one of the ways over the other, and, and that's great and that's fine, but I would say this. We need to be moving fluidly in all of the ways, be open to all of the ways, and developing all of the ways that God wants to speak to us. I want you to know this, that God still speaks. I've gone over the normal time my messages are by about 15 minutes. But it's a message on how God speaks and about speaking, so I think it's appropriate that I spoke a little longer. Can't blame me for that. So I'm going to call the worship team forward. We're going to move into a time of reflection and, and communion. Um, let me just say this. Um, I, I really do think that we're in a, in a season as a church, and I want to encourage you. Um, God's wanting to do some new things here. And I think what God is calling us to do as a church is um, to move a little bit deeper. To, to move from kind of the shallow end of the pool to the deeper end of the pool. And, uh, and we're going to see what that means for us. And so I want to encourage you to, to be willing to take those steps of faith. Maybe some places that are a little bit deeper than you've been before. I was talking to a friend of mine here who, who does missions work, and we were just talking about how the church in many other parts of this world, including Africa where I was, they just do church differently. And they do church differently because they need to do church differently to survive. And I think we're coming to a place as a country where we're going to start to need to do church differently. Because the way we've been doing church isn't sufficient. And so let's be open. Whether that means staying 15 minutes a little longer, whether that means raising your hands a little higher than you've ever raised them before. Whether that means coming up for prayer and you've never done that before. Whether that means speaking a word of encouragement to somebody in the road sitting next to you and you've never done that. You get scared to the jeevers out of you. You do it. Just be 
deeper than we've gone before. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and marvelous things you do not know. I pray that that's the prayer of our heart. God, tell me things I've never heard before. Today we're going to be celebrating communion as one of the most kind of intimate times of connection with God. And if you didn't get communion elements when you came in, Jenny's handing them out. So just raise your hand and, uh, oh goodness, we've got a lot of customers today. Well, it looks like I'm going to be talking for a little while longer. Let's be handing those out. So communion is a time where, where we come and think about this. Communion. We were designed to commune with God. Communication. And so it's apropos that today we are communing with Jesus. And so communion is a time where we come and we have a conversation with Jesus about His sacrifice, what it meant to us, what it means to us, and how He wants us to respond. So right now in this place, as we take communion, I want to invite you. These elements are God communicating through His actions. He gave His Son to us. He rose Jesus up from the grave. What is your response to that truth? He's forgiven all of your sins. He is saying that to you now. You are forgiven. What is your response to that? So as we take the wafer, we pray, Jesus, thank you for your broken blood, for your broken body, that you suffered for us. And I pray that we would respond appropriately. Even now, may we just engage with you. What are the sacrifices in our life that you are asking us to make? What are the places of pain that you are asking us to be willing to stand in so that those places of pain would become places of glory? In which ways are you wanting to teach us endurance so that we will see your restoration? We take the bread now. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And I just pray that as we take this cup, you would speak to us about your redemption in our life. Thank you, God, that every single sin in my life has been covered over with your blood and that I stand before you in the whitest, shiniest, glowing robe imaginable because of your blood. We receive that now in Jesus' name. We're going to call the prayer ministry team forward. And uh, we're just going to go into a time of, of reflection. I've kind of been thinking more and more lately that the whole idea of having a manufactured ending time, an arbitrary ending time of meeting with God, kind of seems ironic and counterintuitive to who God is. Like the fact that we say our service goes from this time to that time, and we check out, we say, God, thank you for coming. We're done now. 
kind of wondered, why do we even have an ending to our service? Like that's time specific. Why don't we just say, hey, we're going to let God move and we're going to hang around for however long he wants us to hang around. And so I want to encourage you. We're going to have prayer ministry team up here. Come forward and receive prayer. If there's anything in your life that you want to receive from God today, if you just need to hear the voice of the Lord, these people are so gifted to be able to speak that into your life. If you just want to sit and enjoy the presence of God, continue to do that. I'm not going to have some arbitrary, time-specific ending. Sit in the presence of God for however long you want and however long He sits with you. So, God, as we move into this time, we just welcome your Holy Spirit here. Move on our lives. Give people the boldness and the courage to come forward for prayer who need it today. For those who are carrying a burden that they want to cast upon you, I pray they come forward and receive that prayer. Speak through our prayer team today. As the worship team leads this song, I want to encourage you to stand up. We'll sing with the worship team. Also come forward for prayer. I'll come up in a few minutes and let people know if they want to leave, they can. But we're just going to leave the room open. So let's stand together and sing this last song.